mindfulness mode. Everything comes down to mindset, skill set, and action set. And as teachers, we need to teach all three of those. Welcome to Mindfulness Mode. I'm here today with a best-selling author and a a speaker. He's spoken at Stanford. He's spoken uh, for all kinds of universities and teams. And uh, he's just been all over the place doing all kinds of impressive speaking gigs. And, And it's just such an honor to have this man on my show today. I'm here today with Roy Red. Roy, are you in Mindfulness Mode today? I'm always in mindfulness mode. My mind is always full of a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's really great to have you on on the show today. And you've got a podcast called The Entrepreneur Underdog. Uh What a great name. And you've had some sensational guests on that show as well. So tell me, what does mindfulness mean to you, Roy? When I think of mindfulness, I think of literally what is it full of, right? What is the mind full of? And, you know, if you ask any coach or, or, or anyone who does mental performance and you ask them what is the mind full of, they, also, they oftentimes get kind of like, I don't know what you mean by that. And then I really sat with this one day and I realized the mind is full of three things, the past, the future, and the present, mm-hmm. right? And so when we really think about something, we can only think about the past. We can only think about the future. But being in the present is outside of the mind. And so I would say that the mind is full of time and it makes us engaged into time. But the way to fully be present and to really be mindful of everything that's going on is to be in the now moment. Well, I totally agree with you there. And uh, it sounds like you had a, a really uh, pivotal experience when you were 25 and you realized that you wanted to change your life. Can you tell us about that, Roy? Yeah, um, there's a freeway called the 10 Freeway here. I live in LA. And mm-hmm. at the time, um, we have what's called a diamond lane, which if you, it's the carpool lane in other states, they call it that, where there's two or more people. And I was in that lane and it I wasn't supposed to be there and my 1987 Honda Civic, which was this ugly beige color, rusted out. The bottom of the car was rusted out, smoked and, you know, went out on me. And I was in the diamond lane. There was a center median. So I had to push this car by myself for two miles. And, you know, I just wasn't living right at that time. I was working a dead end job. I had maybe... 40 bucks in my bank account, couldn't make rent and just, you know, struggling like, you know, a lot of entrepreneurs do when they're trying to figure it out. Yeah. Um, and when I started pushing this car, you know, I did what I always did. I didn't take responsibility for my life at the time. So I looked behind me to see if the person behind me would push my car with their car. I remember it was this, it was this beautiful lady. She was driving this beautiful black, brand new E-class Mercedes Benz. And when I looked at her, she just kind of shrugged her shoulders. Like, I can't help you. I'm not touching your 1987, (laughs) you know, beat up car with my beautiful Mercedes. So I turned around, tears in my eyes, and I was pushing this car. And somewhere between pushing that car in that two miles, I just said, Roy, why are you here? You're smart, you live in America, you have great parents. Why do you continue to self-sabotage yourself 
and not just do the simple things and 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 acknowledge your greatness why don't you make your common sense your actual common practice and i didn't like the answer to that question and at the end of the day it was because it was my fault and with tears going through kind of like the the you know the the denial and the bargaining and the depression then i got angry and then i just accepted it and i say you know what if i ruined my life up to this point because it was my fault that's power because i can fix it i have the keys to this car i can put my hands on the steering wheel and do whatever i need to do and after that day i decided to go i just literally googled how to be successful and i you know was able to find jim rohn and Les Brown and all of these guys that motivated me and uh moving forward um uh 2 years later is when I launched my first best-selling book The Success Magnet which led me to picking up my first high-end client. I was doing mental coaching back then for athletes and I got an NBA player and that NBA player one client paid me 10 grand a month for a year so it was 120 thousand dollar clothes and i use that to change my whole life and revamp my whole business wow what a story i'm really fascinated at what les brown taught you because he's a mentor of mine i've i've just always admired him tremendously so what are some of the key takeaways you learned from les brown you know les brown has this way of not just being a great speaker not just motivating you but he uses the most powerful um energy in marketing which a lot of people uh forget to use and that's giving people the feeling of if he can do it I can do it right because mm-hmm. we want to make an excuse like oh of course Les Brown's a great speaker or oh, of course Roy is a great speaker he's well yeah. you know no I none of us started that way I you know, I you know I'm glad you asked me that question. I'm going to post some of my first videos. I was terrible. I just got in front of a camera and started talking, right? Yeah. And at the end of the day, you have to be okay with being bad until you get good. You mm-hmm. have to start now and get fancy later. And so Les Brown gave me this feeling of if he can do it, I can do it. Wow. Wow, that's very impressive. And yeah, he is. He's so down to earth and so real. And and he just makes you feel, he makes you feel like you can do it. And uh, that's obviously what worked for you. So were you an athlete growing up then? Yeah, I played basketball. Really, really, really good at basketball. My dad uh, taught me discipline through basketball, through that sport. Um, played in schools out here in Los Angeles and through the politics of basketball and me being only 5'11", I decided to let that go. Um, but that was the first, um, that was the, one of the things I regret. I wish I would have continued to play. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why when I was able to get into this space, I said, I will never quit this, right? I'm going to figure it out. And so I think that loss in playing sports but also the the life learning lessons I learned from being disciplined, just just dialing in, working hard, shooting those shots every day. That's what helped me in business and entrepreneurship. Well, Roy, you have a word that you use to help other people, and that word is workability. Tell us about workability and what that means to you. So I'm so glad you asked this question because 
people, the world is so inauthentic, right? And the thing is, there's all these concepts and ideas on what works, what diet works. Um, should I get uh, this medicine, this vaccine? Should I do this? Everybody has an opinion, but not everybody has results. So there's something off. My favorite book, the Bible says that a good tree can't make bad fruit and a bad tree can't make good fruit. Beware of those who come to you in sheep's clothing because underneath their ravaging wolves, you shall know them by their fruit. You can know people by their results. And workability is a term that I came up with because I was having a conversation with my dad and I said, hey, you know, how um, should I go about, you know, diet with this? And he said, mm, if it works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't. And I thought that was so profound because all of us have ideas and concepts and things that we believe, but they don't work. And I'm not mm -hmm. saying that you got to change your beliefs or your values, but I want you to believe in things that work for you. So you get the life you want, the results you want, the mindset you want, the mindfulness you want, right? If you're trying to get into mindfulness mode, but you're doing something that's not going to get you there, but you believe it's the way you get there, you'll never get there. And, you know, they've done studies. If you put uh, a rat in a maze and you put cheese down, let's say, the second corridor in the maze, the rat will go down the second corridor and he'll grab the cheese, he'll eat it. And then if you move that cheese to the fourth, the rat will go down the second, go down the second again, and then realize there's no cheese here and it'll go somewhere else. The difference between human beings and rats is a human being will go down that second corridor his whole life because he or she believes that that is the right one. And that's what ego is. It's wanting to be right and concepts instead of wanting to be right with results. So workability just simply means do what works. Wow, that's so important. You know, like do what works, take action, make it happen. And so many people believe they know what works and they just don't take the action to to make it happen. So I really appreciate that you've coined that term. That's really awesome. Now, your book, The Unbounded CEO, is a powerful book that really helps people achieve success. And I really like the subtitle, The Business Owner's Pathway to Making More Money, Getting More Done, Having More Fun, and Taking More Time Off. So way to go. You've included so much in that subtitle. Tell me about this book and how it's different from some of the other books out there that promise to bring results to the reader. Yeah, you know, so many people, so many coaches, me being a business coach, helping businesses just, you know, build their brand, bring in more leads, convert more leads, and get more follower business. I wanted to have a unique selling proposition how can i be different right and i will get on these calls with these business owners and they will go well how do i get more leads how do i use ads how do i do this how do i do that and i'm like well first let's let's diagnose what's going on right if you go to the mm -hmm. doctor and i worked in a medical field where you'll be sitting in triage and someone will come in and they'll tell you 
I have appendicitis. And you're like, okay, did you have a CAT scan? No. Okay, how do you know you have appendicitis? You have to be diagnosed, right? And so they tried to diagnose themselves yeah. without going through the proper steps to say what's going on. So we'll talk to these business owners and we'll ask them about their numbers. We'll, uh, we'll do uh, diagnosis on their business. And a lot of times they're just maybe maybe they have leads here, but they stop doing it. Maybe they have follow up leads that they can do. Maybe their conversion rates are bad. And let me give you a story to explain that. I had a girl who sells uh, who sells um, uh, beanies for cancer patients because she was cancer. She lost her hair and their hair gets cold. And she built a two million dollar business off of one page. So we sat down, we went over her business. And after diagnosing it, I was looking at her landing page and I said, well, where do your leads come from? They come from this landing page. Okay. What is this landing page converting at? And she didn't even know. She said, what do you mean? I said, how many people who come to this landing page actually buy a beanie? And mm -hmm. she had no clue. I said, get those numbers, come back. She came back and they were converting at like 1.8%. And I said, aren't you glad that you paid me a measly $12,000? She said, why? I said, because you have a landing page where all your leads are coming in, that's converting at 1.8% and you have a $2 million business. Do you realize when I change this landing page and it converts from at least five to 10%, your business, what's gonna to happen to your business if this page converts at 5%? She said, wow, we probably have a $2 million business. I mean, a $10 million business. And I said, yes, aren't you glad you paid me? You're gonna go from a $2 million to a $10 million business off of a simple, change and all we did was change her landing page now am i a landing page coach no but i know the numbers i know how to diagnose and that was her specific problem and after changing that one page diagnosing that problem we were able to fix what was going on and really take her business to the next level then we can bring in more leads then we can we can get more follow-up business later and so uh, we helped her on the income side now, entrepreneurs also want to have impact, right? We want to help people. We got into this to change the world. So I also help uh, entrepreneurs create more impact. What do you want to do? What is your purpose? What do you, what do you, what is that life you truly want to live, right? Then we want to make sure that they have more time and have more fun. Entrepreneurs got into business for what? Freedom. They want more freedom. Then they got into entrepreneurship and realized they have to work 16 hours a day, right? That they work yeah. their face off, like Gary Vee says. That's not the case. That's not how, how it goes. And so what we do is we make a switch so entrepreneurs are not working in their business, but they're working on their business. And when you're working on the business, then you can effectively, strategically be an entrepreneur, which we also have a Facebook group called uh, Effective Strategic Entrepreneurs. If you guys want to join that, where we just share a lot of things to get more clients and things of that sort. But that's what we do with business owners is we go into their business, we look at what's working, we look at what's not working, and we get them to work on the business instead of in the business. Very good. 
Wow. I noticed that you've, writ you've written quite a number of books, uh, The Unnoticed Advantage, The Su Success Magnet, Finish, a book called mm -hmm. Finish. You've written The Little Book of Mental Health and yeah. The Six-Figure Trainer. I'm very interested in the fact that you've written all these different books, and I want to zero in on The Little Book of Mental Health. Yes. So what took you to the place where you wrote a book about mental health? Yeah. Um, I started writing that book off of inspiration because I figured out that the things I was doing with my athletes to get them from good to great is the same steps anyone has to take to go from depressed to being okay. And so I set out to write that book. And I personally believe that when you set out to do something that has purpose and has meaning, that's when the devil, that's when these NPCs, that's when people try to stop you because you're doing something that's worthwhile, right? Why would anything, why would you get any opposing force if you weren't doing anything worthwhile? And so as I started to write this book, I was talking to about it and I was posting like, should I write this book? Because I'm not a psychologist. I don't, well, I wouldn't got my, my BS in psychology later after I wrote that book, just in case, right? Mm -hmm. um, I don't know much and a psychologist uh, uh, a, a therapist reached out to my friend and told my friend that uh, your boy is stupid. He doesn't know what he's doing. He's ignorant. Everything he's teaching is wrong. People are mean, man. People are mean, Bruce. Yeah. And so yeah. I knew when he did that, I said, oh, I have to release this book. Yeah. I have to do this. And so that's when I wrote the little book of mental health, um, which if you take the steps in there, um, I'm, again, I'm not a therapist, but I guarantee that people get rid of their anxiety, their depression, because it all comes down, you know, we make a lot of things complex. And here's my gift in life. I can make, I really get at pattern recognition, and I can also make things that are complex, simple. That's why I'm such a good teacher, such a good speaker, because I can find something that's really complex and teach it to anyone. I can teach it to a fourth grader. And so to a four-year-old, actually. And so what I realized was the, the, what caused all negative emotions was lost less or never. We're either depressed about losing something, having less or something, or we're anxious about never having something. And so I just break that down in the book, talk about, you know, getting rid of the drugs and different things and just gave my process that's helped dozens of athletes that I've helped, even athletes that made $85 million contracts in the NBA after talking to me and working with me. Wow. I'd like to dig in a little bit more to that about how you have this incredible ability that so many of us do not have to take something that's complex and make it simple. What do you think is the reason for that? How do you do that? Yeah. So I'm not smart. That's why. For I have a insatiable curiosity about a lot of things. For example, I just read this book recently called Ontological Mathematics, and it's a really, really dense, hard read. But I want to know it so bad. I want to know the information that I just lock in on it. I focus in on it. And then what my brain does is for me to understand it, I create my own analogies. I create my own ways to simplify it for me to understand it, right? Because I want to know it to where I can use it to where it works. I don't want to just know it just to sound cool. 
That's a reason. That's the number one reason for a lot of big words is people just want to sound cool, right? They either want to yeah. sound smart. And uh, my Navy SEAL friend um, always tells me two things. Uh, two quotes he always tells me is one is um, uh, uh, slow is smooth, smooth is fast. And another okay. thing I always says is you can make anybody who's not smart seem like they're smart with the proper training. And so a lot of people go to school, they learn these words and they seem smart, but it's not really smart. And if you know anything about marketing, if you're a business owner listening or anyone listening, marketing comes down to being able to simplify your message to the, so that they get it. If you talk to a trash truck driver and doctor language, he won't understand what you're saying. But if you talk to a doctor or a trash truck driver in trash truck driver language, they both can understand what you're saying. And so communication is to get the point across, not to sound cool. Yeah, totally. I agree with that for sure. I want to mention that your your website is royred.com, and that's R-O-Y-R-E-D-D, the double D there, dot com. And... Uh, that I want to mention again that your podcast is called The Entrepreneur Underdog. I want to also ask you about the topic of bullying, Roy. I've worked in this area for a long time and I find that there's a lot of interesting overlap about bullying and mindfulness. Do you have a story about bullying where maybe mindfulness would have made a difference? Hmm, that's a good question. Let me think for a second. Um, I've been bullied all the way up until maybe the end of high school, up until I got muscle, right? Mm -hmm. But the way, you know, growing up in the inner cities and in tough, rough neighborhoods, you know, kind of the ways I dealt with bullies was, you know, we had to fight a lot because a lot of times it got physical. Right. But I will say this. I've always had this gift and I can't recall when I got it or how I developed it. I've always had the gift to be mindful and present even when I was a child. And so there's been plenty of times where I've got into situations uh, where I realized that I need to let something go or I need to just walk away or I need to finesse my way out of here and it saved my life and kept me from being getting hurt. And by being mindful and thinking about my thinking, that's the true test of a really intelligent person, someone who could think about their thinking. Why did I do that? Why did that make me mad? I think that could help you be more aware and get you out of situations that maybe you shouldn't have been in. And a lot of times, if you can just pause and think about your thinking a second two seconds five seconds a lot of times you can get out of things and not do things that aren't even truly in your nature yeah i totally agree with that yeah well one of the things that we're talking about today is how to accelerate to your goals and if somebody just maybe you met them briefly and they said hey what tips could you give me about how to accelerate my goals what would you say to them right off the bat first off is be clear about your goals start with the end in mind stephen covey right yeah once you know those goals and they're 
measurable, tangible, and have deadlines on them, then I will reach out to someone who's done it before. And if they charge, pay them. Trust me, people don't want to pay the money. Just do it. I know maybe it seems like a lot at the time, but those people know a lot and they can really propel you and you can hop on their train of success. I've paid over 50000 in courses and coaching and different things. My coach is extremely expensive. He's the coach's coach. He's the one who's coached everyone from, you know, the top, top guys like Brian Tracy's speaker coach. He's uh, a Bo Easton's speaker coach, helped them with their business and their speaking. And so these are the top guys. And at the end of the day, I want to be world-class and I want to mm-hmm. be mentioned as one of those top guys. And so if I want to do that, I need to get with the top coaches, right? Um, Phil Jackson, I had a buddy arguing with a buddy of mine the other day on who's better, Kobe, LeBron, or Jordan. And we came to this idea or this conclusion that, well, Kobe is the best, by the way. But Jordan, LeBron never had a Phil Jackson, and Phil Jackson was the best coach ever. And I think if he would have, he would have ended up being the best ever. Some people still think he he does, but getting a coach is huge. And we all know the hero's journey. This is the ethos of everyone's, of every entrepreneur's life is there's a hero the hero meets a dragon, he's up against it, then he finds a magical mentor that teaches him how to slay the dragon, he slays the dragon, then he triumphs on the other side. Then he becomes the magical mentor to someone else. That is the entire story and ethos of being an entrepreneur and giving back. Cool, thanks for sharing that, Roy. What is your sweet spot when it comes to a coaching client? Who is your most ideal client? Is it an athlete? Uh, so I worked with athletes in the past. I don't work with athletes anymore. Um, but now I work with uh, business owners. Um, anybody who wants to get more clients, convert more clients, get more follow-up business, uh, sell something high ticket, and be free and have fun, right? Mm-hmm. Um, most of my clients end up being speakers, authors, coaches. Uh, we have a few financial advisors. But anyone who offers uh, a service as information to coach someone so they can get to their result, I help them dial in their message, find their market, create a model, create a messenger, and um, we pick the proper media outlet for them to reach out and we build that business. And uh, we guarantee them clients and we guarantee them the ability to work on that business instead of in that business. So what's the first step if somebody hires you as a coach? What are some of the first steps you take with that particular client? Yeah, The first thing we do is we see if we're fit. You know, mm-hmm. I can't help everyone, right? If you are just starting and um, don't have many clients, I may not be the best person for you, but I get on the phone and we do this, what's called like a business diagnosis, an audit of your business. Mm -hmm. And I help you. I tell you exactly what you need to focus on and what you need to do, uh, regardless of if we work together or not. If you seem like a fit and it seems like something that 
you want and I think it's something you need and I can help. Because if I can't help, I won't come in. I'll just say, hey, you need to do this, this, and this first before we can even get together. Um, but first thing we do is diagnose the business and figure out what's going on here. Do you need more leads? Do you need to convert more leads? Um, do you need to work on your model? And then we lock in all of that stuff and make sure the offer is good and diagnose the business. And then after on the call, I just simply say, yeah, I think I can help here. Right. And if I can't help exponentially, then I'll say, you know, I don't think we should work together because you know, I'm expensive. Right. I don't want to work with anyone who is wants to be cheap on their way to success. I want to help someone who's ready to do it, ready to tackle it and wants to be world class and and be on the top of one of those stages. Right. Well, um, if you're listening today and you want to move forward with your business, you know, you should definitely check out Roy because, man, he can really help you move forward. I just know that. Now, Roy, as we move forward in the interview, I want to ask you five quick answer questions. So just 30 second answers are perfect. The first one is this. Who is one person who has been an incredibly powerful mindfulness influence for you in your life? My dad. My dad is my hero. Um, I don't I never looked up to the Avengers or any heroes. I looked up to my dad and my dad got respect in the neighborhood and he is just a man about things and he sacrificed so much and has done so much and he's my hero. Wow, I love that. Let's talk about emotion. How has mindfulness helped you deal with your emotions? Um, it's helped me to deal with it dramatically. I am, um, to give numerology terms, I'm 11 life path, which is emotional energy. I get extremely emotional about things. Um, and one way that I help control that is the gym. And another way is I learn to think about my thinking. And um, as long as I can think about my thinking and talk to myself, I can keep it under great control. Fantastic. Let's talk about breathing. Do you have any comments or any interesting insight into breathing and how maybe that's helped you with your mindfulness? Yes. If you look at the word spirit, it actually comes from a Greek word, spire, which means the breath, right? And so that's our energy. That's our spirit is uh, the breath. You know, God breathed the spirit into us, into man. And so um, not only is breathing important, but you want really good diaphragmatic breathing where big inhales, big exhales, and also learn to strengthen your breathing. A lot of times I'll just lay on the floor, I'll put a kettlebell on my belly button and breathe and uh, strengthen my breathing because I wanna be able to breathe really well because that's the most important thing when it comes to health, top tier. Wow, that's great. Are there any apps that you use to help you with your mindfulness? Yes, I use, um, I forget what it's called, but it has a lot of uh, like different sounds on it, the hurts. And okay. so sometimes I'll do what's called deep rest protocol or NSDR, and I'll lay down 15 minutes and I'll do a body scan and listen to different hurts, depending on what um, state I want to get in because it takes the brain 15 to 30 minutes to change a state. And so that's why you have to be very intentional about your day and focus and not being on social media. If it's, if you're not 
contributing because it takes your brain so much time to switch back its focus. But I'll lay down, um, do the 15 minutes body scan, listen to um, different hertz and different sounds. And it'll say, it says on the app, it, I'm sure there's plenty of apps on there. It'll say which level of hertz does what, give you energy, meditate, wherever mm -hmm. that is for you. Cool. That's very, very interesting. And a book. I know that you've written some incredible books. Is there a book that you would share that has helped you with mindfulness? So there's two books, and I don't like to share them. I like to give them a secret out. But I'm going to give you probably the best, not the best, the best, the best, hands down, personal development book you'll ever read in your life. And you won't need to read another one. And it's called The Results Book by Wally Minto. And Wally Minto was head of what's called the Alpha Awareness Training, which was the biggest psychological training ever done in history. And then he wrote a book called The Results Book based on it. It's extremely hard to find. Sometimes it's on Amazon, sometimes it's not. They got some of these, some of them are like 10,000 for the book. Sometimes you can catch it for $30 at like a thrift store. So go on Amazon, see if you can find it and get your hands on it if you can. Wow, what a great tip. Yeah. Wow, I really appreciate that. So I want to ask you this. If you were talking to somebody right now who just wanted to move forward and felt like they're just spinning their wheels and they're stuck and they're not able to kind of get things going, what would your words of advice be to that person, Roy? Now I'm tactical. First, we got to find out why you're stuck. Is this a mental thing? Is this a skill thing? Or is this an action thing? Because everything comes down to mindset, skill set, and action set. And as teachers, we need to teach all three of those and figure out what is keeping them from moving. Is it, you know, I'm scared? Okay, that's a mindset problem. Is it, you know, I don't know how to write copy? Okay, that's a skill thing. Uh, where can we hack? Where can, be, where can we be resourceful here? Because it's not about your resources. It's about your resourcefulness. And then is it an action thing? Are you just not taking action? And then that gets back to mindset, right? These things are part of a triangle that you really need to lock in. Mindset, skill set, action set. We'll find out where the problem is. And he who diagnoses the problem is trusted to provide the cure. And then we'll help him move forward. Wow, what great advice. Roy, thank you so much for being on Mindfulness Mode today. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you so much for having me, Bruce. Thank you guys for tuning in. I hope you enjoy this episode as much as me and Bruce enjoyed making it for you. Absolutely. Bye now. Hey, Mindful Tribe, I hope you enjoyed the interview today with Roy Red, And maybe you've checked out my YouTube channel and this is an invitation to do that. I think you'll enjoy the videos. Some of them are short clips. Some of them are, are longer, full-length videos of the episodes. Go to mindfulnessmode.com slash TV and you can find that right on YouTube or you can go directly to YouTube and type in Mindfulness Mode Podcast. So, uh, yeah, if you uh, do enjoy the, the videos, leave a comment. I'd appreciate it. Or, uh, you know, subscribe. That would be fantastic. So I hope you have a great rest of your day, great week. And with that, take what we've learned today to reach new heights of calm, focus, and happiness. Stay in the mode.